0: I'm Hannah Kim
1: and I'm Tony Poricha and welcome to the 10th episode of Even the Little Things podcast.
0: Yes, today we'll be discussing a couple women who inspire us.
1: That's interesting. Please stick around. But before we start, we just want to remind everyone that we're not professionals in any field and that this podcast is just to talk about the big and even the little things that teens go through.
0: So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, before you listen to this episode, we just wanted to say that it was recorded a few months ago. One of the women we will be talking about in this episode is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We just wanted to say that even though she has now passed, she is still a true hero and a role model to us and many others.
1: Again, we record this episode in advance before her death and we mean no disrespect to her or her family. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Even the Little Things. Back to the episode. So, how was your week? Yeah, it was just, you know, doing homework and schoolwork and all these Zoom calls. But other than that, not um, I didn't
0: really do anything much. What about you? I agree with the Zoom calls thing because um, uh, this is a kind of weird thing about our high school is like we have eight classes. So um, and we have like this weird schedule. But on Mondays and Tuesdays, we have eight Zoom calls basically a day. Okay, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot of Zoom calls, like, for real.
1: Yeah, like, in one day, eight Zoom calls for, like, six hours straight, it's just, like, way too much.
0: Yeah, so definitely a little tired of being on my computer all the time, but, you know, I don't have, like, a major issue with it. Like, I can turn my camera on sometimes, although I do like to turn my camera on a lot because I just I feel like I feel more like connected to the teacher sometimes. Uh, But sometimes I'll just turn it off because I'm feeling like tired or I I don't like the way I look or, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious or something like that. I'll turn it off. But like most of the times I like to turn it on just to so the teacher knows I'm here. Like, cause that's my biggest fear right now. My biggest fear is that like, I'll be in the zoom call and then they'll be like, Hannah Kim did not attend, you know, XY class, but I'll be like, no, I was there. And they're like, we can't prove it. And then I'll be like, but I was there, and they're like, you don't have a picture of it. We can't prove it. And, like, that's my biggest fear right now for some reason.
1: hmm I don't like to turn my camera on because I just get anxiety with it. And it's just, like, that's all I'll be thinking about. And I just don't like that. So if a teacher doesn't require me to put my camera on, I won't. But, um, I mean, you do have, like, the thing where if you can attend, like, you can go to their website and stuff like that. But still, I don't, like, trust all of that. And like Hannah said, I'm just afraid they're going to, like, mark me absent or something's going to go wrong. Because this whole, like, online school thing is just, uh, it's not my favorite. I don't like it very much. But considering the circumstances, this is what we have.
0: Yeah. I mean, considering the circumstances, I think that this is probably, like, the best version of what we can be doing, like, at home I mean the technology is amazing like uh you know if you were to look like even 10 years back to even think that we would be able to do this 20 years back you know people would be like no you're crazy I mean people would think we're crazy about we're talking about a pandemic but you know so today we're gonna be discussing something that is I don't think anybody else is hyped about it but like Dewani and I are so hyped about it
1: exactly um I think you guys are going to love this episode, and it's just something that me and Hannah both love to talk about. And just the people that we're going to talk about in this episode are so inspirational and so inspiring.
0: Yes. So first of all, just to start this off, I want to make a blanket statement. Um, I just want to say that women are literally so incredible. There
1: are so many amazing and admirable things women do that don't get enough recognition.
0: And like in recent years, I feel like um, female empowerment and recognition has been really pushed to the forefront. And I think it's like totally warranted. you know, uh, there's still the stigma that girls can't be as good as boys as something or that girls have to act a certain way. And I think a way to combat that is to really, you know, empower yourself as a woman, empower other women, you know, it, it kind of combats this this negative stigma and this like, it can combat the stereotype um, placed against females. And, you know, I really enjoy uh, listening to like other women hype other women up and I, you know I am so inspired by other women so um, I'm definitely really excited about this episode
1: exactly and then when I was like a little girl my parents definitely raised me girls can do anything that boys can but you know there's like tv shows other people and like all these things that influence you like definitely you know I've like heard like women saying that you know that we are not as equal to men and then definitely heard men say that you know women should stick to the traditional things cooking and cleaning while men are the ones that should be doing all the bigger like the jobs and stuff like that and I just I think that's like a horrible thing to teach kids because women and men were all equal every single person is equal and so um, as I'm growing up it's important to me that I keep empowering not only myself but other women as well.
0: That's definitely an interesting point you brought up about, you know, the way you're raised, right? Um, I think not everybody is raised by their parents to believe that they're equal to each other. Um, you know, without even realizing it, where there's always this like, I mean, if you think about it, like, have you ever seen like products for for kids, like, you know, toys and stuff like that? If you really look into it, like the deep marketing behind it and everything, like every single toy that's for a girl, basically, like, when I was growing up, especially, like, we, Duani and I were born, like, 2003, 2004, so early 2000s. When we were growing up, I think you would probably have to agree with me on this one, um, all the toys that were marketed to us, like, at our young age were, like, if you were a girl, you would play with Barbie, and it would be pink, and she would be cooking or cleaning or, you know, getting married or something like that. And then if you were a boy, you would play with monster trucks or Beyblades or something like that, something, like, manly and, like, attack mode-ish, I don't know, like, war or something? Yeah, definitely, I mean, I remember, like, growing up
1: with Barbies and, like, cars and stuff like that, but it was, like, prominently what we consider, like, fet, like, girlish games or whatever like that, and I think that a lot of us growing up have grown into, like, that weird gender gap where girls like pink, boys like blue, girls do this, guys can only do that, and I feel like as we're growing older, we're, like, removing that gap. But I still feel like there's this huge gap between women and men that I'm really hoping that in the future, there's like that gap isn't
0: there anymore that we are considered equal to men. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is just because we grew up with that gap, we were grew up taught that gap, we maybe like unconsciously, but we still grew up thinking that way. And, you know, seeing things that way. Um, And so like you brought up, Um, as young women ourselves, I feel like it's so important to lift other women up, uh, especially because of all the things we talked about. And we also need to let other girls know that we shouldn't be ashamed of being a woman um, and wanting to act a way that is, you know, not typically seen as feminine or, you know, feel like we're less than another gender. That
1: is why today we are going to discuss some of the amazing women that um, Hannah and I admire
0: and how they've inspired us in different ways. Yeah. Okay, so before we get into the talking points, I just want to say, we've both picked out three women individually that have inspired us, um, and that we admire that we're going to be talking about. And, and we also share one person that we greatly admire. And we just want to say that we are inspired by a lot of women and not just these only these seven women that we'll be talking about.
1: Yes. And as we said before, women are incredible. And there are so many amazing women out there. So just know that we aren't trying to say that these are the only incredible women. And we also want to say that while some people on our list are famous or well-known, we're inspired by people in our everyday lives, too. And there are so many non-famous women that are inspiring. Um, You don't have to be inspired by someone just because they're famous or just because they're well-known.
0: Yeah. And... Even though we'll be discussing the women that we admire that inspire us, we're not trying to say that men aren't, you know, men can't be inspiring or we can't admire men. We're not trying to downplay anybody in any way. We're just going to be talking about um, women that inspire us because it's empowering um, as young women to empower other people and talk about them, talk about what we admire. What what about other people that we admire and how other people inspire us? So anyways, with that being said, um, let's get started. I think, Duanni, do you want to go first? Sure. And then
1: before I talk about this person, I just want to clarify that this list is not in any particular order. We're not ranking anybody first to third. It's just three women that I equally admire and respect. So the first woman I really admire is Amal Clooney. And... If you guys don't know who that is, she is a British barrister, originally from Lebanon. And if you don't know what a barrister is, it's a type of lawyer common in law jurisdictions, usually in European countries. And then barristers mostly specialize in courtroom advocacy and litigation. Their tasks include cases in superior courts and tribunals, drafting legal pleadings, researching the philosophy, hypothesis, and history of law, and giving expert legal opinions. And Yes, if you're wondering, she is married to George Clooney, but she is more than just George Clooney's wife. She has made a name for herself and an impressive career. And even if she didn't have an impressive career, she is just more than George Clooney's wife. Women are just more than someone's wife or someone's something.
0: Um. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point that I, I told Juani that we really need to bring up because while we're doing research on um, Uh, Just to clarify, we did research just because we wanted to make sure that we're getting everything factually correct about all these people. Um, Just even when you admire someone, you don't know everything, Um, especially if you don't know those people personally. So we were doing some research. Um, I found that a lot of articles that I was reading basically only focus on Amal Clooney as George Clooney's spouse. Like, every article would mention something about her marriage to him or, you know, their kids or um, just something that is not, like, related to, like, what the article was, like, titling it or something like that. And they were so focused on, like, her intimate personal life and her relationship, they didn't talk about any of the amazing work she did as a barrister. And, you know, uh, I definitely agree with Duani that nobody, regardless, should be, you know, called just somebody's wife or be referred to as someone's wife. We're not trying to downplay marriage or anything. I think marriage is amazing and I think we should celebrate that. But no one should be just referred to as, you know, somebody's wife. That's kind of incredibly demeaning women are more than just wives and mothers they are wives and mothers but they're also so much more than that they're an actual person and it kind of reminds me of this book we read freshman year um it's called of men and mice and there is this woman character in the book whose name is just curly's wife her name is Carly's wife she does not they don't reveal her name ever and the reason behind that um in my opinion, is because it shows that as a woman, she has a lack of independence and identity. Um, And so, yeah, Amal Clooney is an amazing woman that inspires Dewani, and she is a person with identity and independence, so you should not be referring to her as just somebody's wife. Exactly. She's well known for being a human rights
1: advocate, representing and supporting journalists and representing many political figures from all around the world. Omar Clooney has been named as one of the top lawyers in the UK in the fields of international human rights and criminal law. She has many famous cases, some being um, Prosecutor versus ISIS, where she um, represented a group of Iraqi victims, including Nobel Peace Prize winner Nadia Murad, the former Maldivian president
0: Mohammed Nasheed, and many, many more. There, here's just some, like, interesting facts we found about uh, Amal Clooney. Um, we found that she actually speaks both English, French, and some Arabic, which I think is really interesting. She's, like, trilingual. Yeah,
1: and then she was also born in Lebanon, but she moved at the age of two. And she's also qualified to practice law in both the U.S. and the U.K. Um, and then going on to, like, why she inspires me... Um, She inspires me because she's not only an excellent lawyer, but she also advocates on behalf of neglected and exploited groups. She's not afraid to speak out about issues such such as the Ashidi woman being attacked by ISIS, genocide, and terrible things happening around the world. She's also a strong advocate for women's rights and urging women to fight for their rights in countries where their voices are the most silenced. She donates to charities, and one of them being the Young Center of Immigrant Children's Rights, being that she was also an immigrant herself. She sets an example for young girls and women everywhere, especially since only 34% of attorneys in the U.S. are women. So it's really inspiring to watch Clooney's hard work and many achievements. She inspires me to become an excellent lawyer because that's what I want to do with my future and speak out about human rights and the issues going around in the world.
0: Um, You know what, it's really inspiring to me to hear you talk about someone that inspires you because I know just how much you really want to go into this field and profession. And, you know, it's really, I I just really love that you have somebody that you like look up to in in that field and profession. And um, I just think that's really great. Um, So next, same as I this is in no particular order, Uh, a person, uh, a woman that inspires me is Greta Gerwig. Um, So a little bit of background, Greta Gerwig is an actress, filmmaker, and screenwriter. Um, She has starred in many films, such as Frances Ha, 20th, 20th Century Woman, Mistress America, and Greenberg. And she has also written and directed two feature films, which are Lady Bird and Little Woman. Gerbig
1: is known for her groundbreaking work as a director and screenwriter. For her first feature film, she directed Lady Bird in 2017, in which she received a nomination for the Best Director at the 2018 Academy Awards. And so far, there only have been five other nominees that are women. She was also nominated for the Best Original Screenplay for Little Woman and Lady Bird. The last woman to win was in 2008 for Juno. She's known for being able to translate such raw feelings and emotions from paper into screen. And both of her solo directional films have received critical acclaims, and Lady Bird has taken on a sort of cult-like following. So not many females in film are recognized for their talent at
0: all. Exactly. Um, As you heard before, there's only been five other nominees um, for the Academy Award for Best Directing for Women. Woman. In the whole history of the Academy Awards, there's only been five women nominated. And, you know, not all of them won. So uh, it's definitely disappointing, because I've watched so many amazing films, you know, maybe they weren't, um quote, unquote, Oscar worthy. I mean, who cares about that anyways, but you know, maybe they weren't, quote, unquote, Oscar worthy. But I've seen so many amazing films directed and written by women, they're so witty, they're so, you know, inspirational, they're so and there's just so many things about them that I love. And, you know, they don't receive any rec- acclaim. And, um, you know, there's, and I don't know about you, but to me, there isn't many female directors either that get recognized. I mean, Duwani, how many female directors do you know? I'm going to have to be honest. Like, I don't think
1: I know any. Or, like, I mean, I know Greta Gerwig, but other than that, I can, like, name so many famous male directors but if you ask me about women I
0: I just don't know because they're not talked about as often exactly that's what that was kind of shocking to me when I first figured that out um anyways um some fun facts that we've kind of garnered about uh Greta Gerwig is that uh, Greta actually said in an interview that she wore a prom dress while filming the prom scene in Ladybird and you know She said that it wasn't just so she could get into character or the high school spirit, but to make everyone on set feel like they were on an even playing field. And she said, quote, I know some directors like to run their sets based on fear, but I wanted to create an environment where people can come and talk to you and not try to hide or throw someone else under the bus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like really amazing because, you know, I... I, you know, if you've ever been a part of a group project, because that's kind of like what film, like, if you're making a movie, that's kind of what it is. You're a whole group working together to make one big thing. If you've ever worked on a group project, you know, it's kind of like the same environment. And, you know, not everybody gets along with each other. There's like problems and things like that. And so I just I find it really amazing that she wants to make her film set um, a place where everyone can come together and have a sort of like community.
1: I think that's so cool for her to do to try to include everyone and make everyone feel inclusive. Um, she was also rejected from film school and having never attended film school, she learned movie making by acting in more than
0: 20 indie films. I think that one's incredible, because if you think about it, um, her films are so, you know, critically acclaimed. And if you've ever watched any of her films, uh, Lady Bird or Little Woman, you know that the story writing and the directing is just so amazing. So it's like to see someone who's never even went through like actual physical school training through that and like be so, you know, awarded and celebrated is just kind of phenomenal. So on to why she inspires me. Uh, so Greta Gerwig inspires me because there aren't many filmmakers to me who can make films so relatable. Her films to me seem so real. Um, even Little Woman, uh, which is an adaptation of Louie- Louisa May Alcott's famous novel, which is set in the 19th century, feels like raw and real. And I could actually relate to it. Um And and that's so crazy because it's not even set in modern day. I could relate to people who were, you know, supposedly born uh, hundreds of years from me. Um, And, you know, I actually wrote an essay about Lady Bird, one of her movies, for Honors English, where I highlight the importance of realism in filmmaking, especially in coming-of-age movies. Um, Oftentimes, if you've ever watched a coming-of-age movie, you notice that there's kind of like it. It kind of prevent. It kind of presents this fairy tale like view of life, um, which to me creates a disconnect between the viewer and the film. Because you know when you're watching these characters and you're looking at their problem, there's such suburban problems. Um, and not everyone can relate to those problems. Not everyone is in the same status as them. And not everyone has those problems. People have bigger problems. People have real things that they worry about. And a quote I had from my essay was Film shouldn't make you forget about reality. And I stick by that. I think film should be um, not only enjoyable, you know, film should definitely be enjoyable. They shouldn't be boring and, you know, talking all about the message that they want to create. But They should film shouldn't just be enjoyable, but they should be realistic in some way. I wrote this in my essay, but also Lady Bird focuses on such deep issues like mental health and class and weaves it in so naturally, which I admire. Um, You know, if you read any stories or watch any movies, it's really hard not to just talk about the topics that you want to talk about, you know, not make it natural. Um, The story and plots of her. Um, movies are so simple, yet the messages are so memorable. Uh, Greta Gerwig inspires me because she's an incredible director with her own unique style. She's a talented writer. She inspires me to be, want to become a better writer, and she makes me hopeful Um to want, she makes me hopeful and she inspires me to want to create something that other people will find just as memorable. Um, so yeah, I'm really inspired by Greta Gerwig. She is one of my, she's one, she's one of the women that I'm, I, I admire so much. Like if I ever got to meet her or anything, I don't know what I would even say, or if I could even say anything. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really inspired by her work. I'm inspired by her writing. I'm inspired by her directing because. Like we said, there there isn't many women directors that people are able to know and um, watch their films because sadly not a lot of them make it to the big screens, um, and I'm just so inspired by her.
1: Yes, I've heard Hannah talk about Greta Gerwig, and I'm kind of glad that she talks about it because, like Hannah said, and like we mentioned, that there's not many female directors, so knowing that there's one um that Hannah loves and that she talks about her and then her passion um is just so amazing and I her films are definitely on my list to watch. The next person that inspires me on my list was Yara Shahidi and then she is an American actress, model, and activist and she's gained recognition for a starring role as the oldest daughter, Zoe Johnson, on the sitcom Blackish and its spin off series, Grownish. Her film credits include Imagine That, Smallfoot, and the lead role in The Sun is also a star.
0: She's also known for being a human rights activist and actress and being an advocate for diversity in Hollywood. Um, however, I've actually heard her um, in interviews say that she prefers. Um, to refer to our activism as just being creative and socially engaged human being, which I find totally true. Like, you know, it shouldn't be considered activism. We should all be acting in a respectful way and treating people like equals, you know, just being a good human being. Like, um, that's true. Like, you know, the fact that it has to be called activism because there's so many people who get mistreated and aren't treated as equals is is sad. So um, I totally respect her on that one and some like fun facts
1: that we wrote about her she got into every single college that she applied she has a black belt in karate and then she also got a college recommendation from michelle obama which i guess can be a huge factor into why she got into every single college that she applied to and getting a college recommendation from michelle obama is like insane um and then she inspires me because she uses her platform to vocalize her political and human rights belief. Um, while there are so many people that have huge platforms who advocate for rights and stand up for things that they believe in, I also see that there are a lot of other people that have huge, huge platforms that don't use it to you know, spread information, educate others. And it's not like there's an obligation that you should, but if you have, but I always feel like if you have such a huge platform that you should use it to the best of your ability and, you know, vocalize your beliefs, vocalize rights, stand up for things and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyways, she started an organization called 18x18 that aims to encourage young people to register to vote. She discusses topics such as self improvement, high education, and she's discussed political activism with Hillary Clinton and Oprah Winfrey. Um, it's just so inspiring and amazing to watch a young woman use your platform to speak out and bring awareness to like many topics that do need awareness and that you know we do need to educate many people about.
0: I totally agree. Um, it's just it's really amazing to see someone with a huge platform. Use it for good and talk about issues that really matter to them. And I, I deeply respect her for that. And also, getting a college recommendation from Michelle Obama. First of all, Michelle Obama, I totally respect her. I, I admire her too. Um, imagine getting one from Michelle Obama. Like, I can't even imagine. I like. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. Like, I was like so worried because I'm like i was like worried about getting a college recommendation from uh, like a teacher you know so to get one from michelle obama that would be like so amazing right i just it, it just amazes me but i totally think um i'm just loving this episode i love discussing women that i admire so like if we ever were to make another episode i think that'd be really fun on this um Anyway, um, another woman that inspires me is Jenny Han. Um, A little background. Jenny Han is an Asian-American novelist. Um, She has written many books, including um, books for young adults and children. Um, This this includes Shug, *Clara Lee, and the Apple Pie Dream, the To All the Boys I Love Before series, the Summer I Turned Pretty series, and the Burn for Burn series. Jenny Han is also known for having a highly successful young
1: adult novel, To All the Boys I Loved Before, which is adapted into a Netflix movie series. I think a lot of us might have watched it. Since then, the book, has, the book series has catapulted into even more success with a growing fan base. Critics and fans have described her books as cute, emotional, and easily digestible relatable stories.
0: Mm -hmm. definitely um I remember the first time that I read a Jenny Han book I think it was like in seventh or sixth grade and I just fell in love with it like I've never I don't know how to describe it um without you know writing it down I feel like this is something that you should write down um but I don't know how to describe her writing other than it's just so it flows so well together it's like have you ever listened to like beautiful symphony music yes of course that's what her writing feels like it feels like smooth and buttery and like it makes it seem like I'm describing food right now like if you were to skip through this episode and just hear me talk about that you probably think I'm talking about like um a muffin or something but I, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm talking about someone's writing um I don't know how to describe it other than it's just so smooth and flowy and fluffy and like almost like a symphony I, I don't know um obviously I'm very, uh, I'm a fan. Um, But some fun facts about Jenny Han. um, She enjoys writing for teens. And I actually read this article where she says, quote, I think that teenage life is so fertile. It's the time of first and the first time is always the most interesting time to me anyways. So she uh, has really found a passion in writing for teens.
1: She also wrote her first novel in college, Shug. And I think that's So cool, balancing college and writing her first novel. Um, I don't think I could do something like that.
0: Me neither. But that's that's kind of why I admire her. Um, Anyways, I admire Jenny Han because she is a really, really talented writer. If you just listen to my tangent about um, how her writing sounds to me, how it feels to me, then you'll know that I deeply admire her writing. Um, But not only is she a really talented writer and author, she is... Um, Asian American. Um, and you know, as you know, if you listen to our podcast, you know that Duani and I are both Asian. Um, and we're both Asian Americans. And you know, for me, I don't come by many successful books written by um, Asian American authors, let alone ones that I particularly enjoy. Um, so it's really inspiring for me to read books. To read her books and read characters that I not only relate to, but also look like and identify with. Um, a lot of, you know, her main character in to all the boys I've loved before is, you know, half Asian. And so, you know, it, Um, for me, I don't know, I don't know how it is for you, but like for me, I haven't found many books um, with people I feel like I identify with. And um, I don't know, I just, I really admire that when an author, you know, portrays a person that I feel like I can connect to um she's inspired me in that way um because she's also a person who looks like me and she does she is a person who does something that I love to do and I one day want to do she writes books and I want to write a book and I love writing um you know and her her books feel so authentic to me and I admire Jenny Han so much and all of her work um and I and I admire her words, you know, like we said, I've said this before so many times, but like your words matter. And I just feel like words are just so important. And I'm inspired by her to keep writing and reading and to one day write my own book. And it's just so inspiring to see someone who I connect with, I feel like, I don't know why, I just feel all connected. Um, and someone who's so talented with writing and she just inspires me to to keep wanting to write and I admire her so much. Like I mentioned before, I think it's just so
1: refreshing and amazing to see an Asian person that's like widely known because Asian representation in media, in books, and a lot of things like that are not well known and we're like underrepresented. So I think that is so cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then the third
1: woman on my list is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I feel like a lot of people might also know who she is, but if you don't, she is an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. She was nominated by President Bill Clinton on June 14, 1993, and has served since August 10, 1993. She survived colon cancer in 1999, and pancreatic cancer in 2009, and also received a stent in her heart procedure in 2014, and has been injured in
0: previous falls. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or, you know, people affectionately call her RBG. uh, She joined an equal pay campaign in 1963 after realizing her salary was lower than her male colleagues at Rutgers Law School in the 1960s. Um, Also in the 1970s, Ginsburg worked for the American Civil Liberties Union and co-founded the Women's Right Project. Uh, She's known for being a woman in a woman's supreme court justice which um you know is like the highest law honor in her country and she's handled sex discrimination complaints and has been a source of female empowerment and recently a cultural icon i feel like you know a lot of people in like politics and law i feel like are just taken as like boring people you know but rpg has become such a cultural icon like people affectionately call her rpg you know what i'm talking about I think it's just because she's so cool like she's like this I don't know how to do it without like saying a bad word um she is this amazing woman who has battled through so much you know you heard her like cancer you know and all this stuff and she still continues to go to work every single day and like work for you know this country and law and stuff like that and she's I you know she could have retired by now but she just loves her job you know.
1: Mhm. Some fun facts about her are that she does 20 pushups a day and before RBG was added to the Supreme Court there was only one bathroom and it was for men and her favorite amendment is the 14th amendment.
0: She was the first justice to officiate a same-sex marriage. I think that's pretty cool. I've no- I I didn't know that. That's pretty cool.
1: Mm -hmm. And then she inspires me because she has fought for women's rights throughout her career and uses her intelligence and her voice to advocate for justice. She's also a symbol of social resistance and gender and class equality. Um, She co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union. She also co-founded and became the faculty advisor for the first law journal to focus on the topic of women's legal rights the woman's rights law reporter. She also has never let obstacles be an excuse. She has never missed a day of arguments on the court, even when she was battling cancer, even when her husband was ill, even when she broke through ribs, and even at the age of 85. It's not hard to see why she's an amazing role model to children and young women, and she inspires me to work hard and not let obstacles
0: stop my passion or my ambition. RBG, I I don't know what to say other than, like, I truly really respect her like so much she's like you said she's battled through so much and she doesn't make it an excuse for herself to stop doing the things that she wants to do she's such a pusher and um yeah she's a real inspiration and i'm i'm you know it's so inspiring like i said before to see her inspire you um i don't know that's just a friendship thing i guess but yeah um the next person that really inspires me is uh, Taylor Swift. As many of you probably know, she's a singer-songwriter, and Taylor has released eight albums and started in the music industry when she was just 14 to 15 years old. She's won numerous awards and received a critical acclaim and has broken many records over the years.
1: She's also known for his switch of music genres from country to pop, which in retrospect was a huge risk and great accomplishment she has battled many blows from the public and media about her persona intentions and almost every detail of her personal life and she just recently released her eighth studio album folklore and hannah just got her her merch yesterday
0: yes i'm so excited that this we were filming this pod recording this podcast episode um when I just got this sweater because I ordered this sweater when the with the day of the album came out and I finally just got it because it takes a long time to ship especially with COVID and I'm just so excited about it like um it's like the cutest thing ever it's like this beige color with like the picture of the album on it and I'm obsessed with it guys you have no idea I love I love folklore if you haven't listened to folklore yet this is my plug to tell you to go stream it um it's just so good. Um, and other songs by Taylor because she has so many amazing songs, uh, all of them. Uh, fun fact, she was the youngest person ever to have a country number one. She writes a lot of her own songs. And um, now I'm going to go into why I admire Taylor Swift. I admire Taylor Swift because she is resilient, she's authentic, and she's extremely intelligent. Um There have been so many times where the media and people have attacked every part of who she is. You know, her reputation and intentions, her dating life, her friends, her body. And I feel like each time someone has attacked her, each time the media has gone after her, she's been able to, like, grow and just be a person where it's like she's just such an inspiration because I just don't know how many people could go through things like that and still come out stronger in the end. She inspires me so much in that way. Um, She's such, you know, she's such a role model. Uh, You know, when she was in her 20s, she was dating as a normal young person does in their 20s. There is, people were shaming her and calling her, you know, words that I don't I don't want to repeat and things that I don't want to say because that's just demeaning towards women. And she was dating as any normal 20-year-old would. I mean, maybe, maybe you personally don't date that way or maybe you don't know anybody who's um, dated like that. But in your 20s, it's completely normal for people to go on dates with other people and experiment and, you know, um, try new relationships out. And that's just what she was doing. And, you know, to basically slut shame a woman for having a dating life is really sexist and it's not okay. And you know, someone's dating life has nothing to do with who they are as a person and their personal talent and ambition. And it's just admirable to me because not only does she provide, produce such good music she's able to bounce back from such public scrutiny and she has changed the landscape of music and paved the way for many female artists and she has incredible lyrics there's so many amazing female artists but taylor swift i i just i can't i don't even have words like she is so talented and she's faced so much like scrutiny and she's so strong and um She's just such an inspiration to me. Um, And you might be like, why? You're not a singer. You want to be a writer. And you know what? She does a lot of writing. She's an amazing lyricist. If you ever listen to any of her songs, you know that. Because the songs are written with such a deep emotional pool. Um, If you listen to just, if you just like look at the lyrics, you will be so drawn in. You'd be like it's like, it's like poetry. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Her music is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. Everything about her, she's just so talented. And Taylor inspires me to work hard. And she inspires me to work on myself and to achieve the things I want to. She inspires me to, you know, not focus on things that are sometimes bad because she chose to take things that were bad in her life and focus it on other things and work on herself and work on her music and she inspires me to create to be creative and write something great so i deeply admire taylor swift and next time there's another taylor swift concert i'm going to get i really hope i get um like front row seats
1: yeah and i've just seen how much She's like faced, or how much people bashed her on social media for like no other reason that she's a strong, successful woman, and for some reason, people just people just don't like seeing that when a woman is strong, when she's independent, when she's capable, and when she's successful. I just feel like a lot of people in this world just like don't like seeing that and i've seen so many successful women get bashed for like absolutely no reason like why because they're successful because they have made a name for themselves because they're doing something that they're passionate about so taylor swift is definitely an amazing
0: role model people are intimidated that's what i have to say you're intimidated by taylor swift i mean why wouldn't i'm intimidated by taylor swift she's so talented um this is like the last woman that we both Um,
1: really admire, and her name is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or as many people know her as AOC. Um, She's an American politician serving as the U.S. representative for New York's 14th Congressional District, and this district includes the eastern part of the Bronx, portions of north-central Queens, and Rikers Island in New York City. She ran for the first time in 2018 without any political background against longtime congressman Joe Crowley, considered to be one of the most powerful Democrats in the nation at the time.
0: Before she ran, actually, this is a kind of a widely known fact, but she was actually a waitress in the Bronx. um, And her brother is actually the one who nominated her for Congress through a grassroots campaign. Um, AOC grew up in a lower income family In the Bronx, New York Um, And as she says many many times Politics was never supposed to be in the mix For her So that's just kind of uh, showing how really amazing it was That she won against such a powerful Democrat Like people didn't expect her to win If you listened or watched any news at At that time that year People were calling her like the underdog No one expected her to win Nobody at all And you know she is known for being one of the youngest women to run and win Congress.
1: She, ca- she has catapulted into fame for her unwavering stance on her political views, incredible speaking skills, drive, and her inspiring backstory. She has also been in a critically acclaimed Netflix documentary called Knock Down the House. She currently won her 2020 primary and she has amassed a following of over millions on social
0: media. Uh, So here's a fun fact about AOC that I found. Um, AOC does not entertain bad faith debate proposals. Um, I think, for example, she was talking about how Ben Shapiro... Paid, wanted to pay her $10,000 to have a debate with her which I think is extremely ridiculous but okay and she said quote unquote just like catcalling I don't owe a response to an unsolicited request from men with bad intentions and also like catcalling for some reason they feel entitled to one uh that is such a clapback uh I just want to share that quote because like, honestly, all of her quotes are so just so clapbackable. Like, I want to stand up and clap right now because that was so powerful right there. Um, but yeah.
1: She inspires me because of her amazing and thoughtful speeches in congressional hearings, Her presence on social media such as Twitter and Instagram educate young people on what's happening around the world. She speaks on topics such as mental health benefits, labor rights, higher education, and so much more. And every day she demonstrates that regardless of the hate and negative feedback that women get, to never give up and accomplish your goals. And the fact that she worked so hard to get where she is right now just inspires me even more to work hard to accomplish the
0: goals that I have for my future. AOC inspires me because she's incredibly well-spoken, intelligent, and a hard worker. During her 2018 campaign, she went and campaigned and spoke to the people at Bronx while still working as a waitress. So a lot of people don't know this, but, uh, You know, not everybody is going not a lot of, you know, people who are running for like Congress and other positions of political, you know, uh, things, they're not usually knocking on people's doors and handing out flyers every single day. And that's just kind of what she what she did. Um, And she takes down her opponents in the courtroom, and she is so talented with her words. Like, just like I read you that quote, like, obviously, she is such an assassin with her words and, like, the way she speaks. She just carries herself so well. And, um, you know, she's so talented at speaking. I was so shocked to find out that she did not have any, like, formal teaching on that. You know, usually people who are so well spoken are like, yeah, I went to debate camp over the summer. But you know, she, you know, she she didn't do any of that, you know. Uh, and AOC also inspires me because she reminds me that anyone can do anything and become anything. Um, you know, a lot of people like to focus on the fact that she was a waitress or whatever. But I like to focus on the fact that she was someone who was normal. She was just like any one of us. She wasn't in politics, you know. She just had an opinion and she had a voice and she wanted to do something about it. And she felt strongly about it. And she took that and that's how she won Congress. And I think that's so inspirational because literally she, that wasn't in the plans for her and she did that. And so she reminds me that anybody can do anything, um, you know, like, I feel, like, inspired to do things because of that. Um, and I also I also admire her because she reminds me to achieve my goals and gives me a lot of hope in those aspects. Um, you know, her story really inspires me to think about my future and to think about what I want to do and how I can make an impact and how I can use my voice and, you know, share how I feel and share my voice and hopefully have an impact. Um, so, yeah, those were the seven women that we chose to talk about today. We have so many amazing women that we are admired. Like this isn't just, oh, you know, this is just that we don't, we don't only admire seven women. We admire like every, like, you know, a lot of women and we totally want to talk about again. So please let us know. We had so much fun recording this one. Um, And also um, just a final note as young women who have their own podcast and their own voice, we, we, I don't know. We're just so inspired by other women who use their voice and have a presence. And, you know, it definitely inspires us to keep working on this podcast and to keep going. And I'm just so inspired by who inspires you, Duani. And I'm so, I admire so many people that you admire and I admire you personally. Um, Yeah. Duani is a woman that inspires me. I admire Duani. Um, So yeah, that was um, our episode. Definitely. And,
1: Like, like Hannah said, I also inspire her as well. She has taught me so many different things, you know. It's just, she is an inspirational young woman, and, um... Yeah, and like and there's just so many more women that are amazing and that are so inspirational. We just cannot fit it in this whole podcast. But we do hope that you enjoyed this episode and we post every Friday, so feel free to share our podcast with family and friends and support us by following on social media at even the little things on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Yeah. Our podcast is dedicated to sharing advice, mistakes, confessionals, and giving you peace of mind on all things impacting teens today. Because it's not just you worrying about even the little things, it's us too. We hope you'll join us next time. Bye!